What's up, everybody? This is Josh Barnett with Think On These Things. I'm joined again today by my good friend and co-worker at Christian Ministry Church worship leader extraordinaire, Mr. Lucas Vaughn. Last week, we talked about mainly just a real broad stroke of like what worship is and why it's important. And today, we're going to get into a little bit more details, I guess, and kind of line some more things out that we want to discuss. So anyway, I'm excited about today, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the worship leader extraordinaire. You like that's, that? That's high praise. Thanks, man. Honoring you, my friend. I, lo- I love it. Thank you. Pumping you up. Glad to be back. What is it? What's it called? Gas me up. Have you heard that? It's the new lingo. Nope. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it's new anymore, but. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It kind of sounds weird. Uh, anyway, we're old. Um uh, but last week, I encourage you, if you missed it, go back and check it out because uh, we really gave very broad definition of like what worship is and how it's, you know, our calling, the way that we live our life. I mean, yeah, we talked about, I mean, the question, what is worship, could just be its own podcast. Oh, yeah. You, know, so. you could talk about it every day. It's inexhaustible. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, we probably just barely touched the surface. Yeah, there's know. definitely more to it. Maybe we'll, you know, listen to that and get back on and talk yeah. about more stuff. But Who today knows? we want to we want to iron out a couple of things, get into a little more detail of what we talked about last week. The first thing I wanted to ask Lucas is... You hear Lucas coming into church like there's praise music and there's worship music or there's praise and or we call it praise and worship. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference in the two? Like in your opinion, looking at scripture, like what do we see? You know, what do we know about the? Are they the same? Like, what are your thoughts? So yeah, there's a there's a couple schools of thought on this. I mean, a lot of musicians will kind of just lump praise music as like the fast songs. Sure. you know that's not necessarily what I think. Sure. You know, but that's that's just um, you know if you're talking about the praise songs, that's probably what they're talking about. I think and I um, think it's okay to label them that yeah, if you need to. It's fine. I don't think it's it's, um, it's wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's just maybe missing some of the intentionality of sure. what praise can be. Sure. Um, so I think the different the main difference between praise and worship is just a level of intimacy. Sure. You know, um, we talked about that on the last podcast. You know, in in kind of like if you think about with your spouse, right? You're the person you're most intimate with. You don't just like start off the day with like the most intimate sure. kind of conversations, right? You come in and you, you know, Hey, thanks for what you've done. Thanks yeah. for, you know, you, you know, I appreciate you. And then just kind of naturally flow into more intimate time, you sure. know? And that's kind of how I view praise. Praise is, um, one way I like to think about it is, it's really thanking him for what he's done and who he is. It is sure. it's a celebration and it's joy filled and it's dancing and clapping and you know, it's it's just really almost just kinda like a party of what he has done and what he's doing. Right. You know. And you know, worship is just a little bit more intimate, you know. That's Yeah, no, I see that. That's um, how I see it. <clears throat> I think that's good that you made the distinction there. It's more than fast songs. Yeah. It's it's not just a tempo, but it's a it's a part or a piece of worship. Um, I I love in Psalms 100, and we we touched on this a little bit last episode, but not really the, the second part of the verse here. But the first Psalms 100 verse four says that we enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and we enter into His courts with praise. Mm-hmm. The gates would be like the outside of the city; the courts would be like where the king is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think Thanksgiving is really like pure worship of like I'm agreeing with who you are. I'm thankful for who you are. You know, not just. I think it's important with Thanksgiving too. Side note: not to just be thankful for what 
he has done, mm-hmm. but to be thankful for what he is currently doing and then also what yeah. he's what he's going to do. Yeah. I think worship can be all of that. And so that gets you into his, the gates, that gets you into the authority, that gets you into his kingdom, gets you into his presence. But I think we get, I think praise, so the second part of that verse is we enter into his courts with praise. I think praise takes us deeper. I think praise can, I think true praise uh, is an overflow or an outward expression of the worship that is currently happening. Yeah, I, and kind of what you were just talking about of not just thanking him for what he's done, but what he's doing and what he's going to do. Yeah. One of my favorite praise songs is Won't Stop by Elevation. The sure. bridge is I know breakthrough is coming. Yeah. It's prophetic. It's you know, great. it's I can't see breakthrough right now, but I know that it is coming. Yeah. You know, and it's it's an opportunity to thank God for being faithful in the future. You I know, love that, which yeah. is, is so so key. I love if you've ever read the the Passion Translation, I love the way that Dr. Brian Simmons um, translates the Psalms a lot. In that Psalms 100 verse 4, he says we get into his courts with a password of praise. Oh, wow. And so it's like this expression of worship like takes us closer to him. That's cool. And like gets us <clears throat> gets us into that face-to-face communion, that face-to-face, you know, in the throne room with him. And I love the the word of of courts because I just think of a, a king's court, like a king in his court sitting there. And it's like praise gets us into that place. Not that there's not times where I'm, you know, I have to make my body come under submission. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like clapping. I don't feel like singing. I don't feel like whatever. And I have to tell my body no. Mm-hmm. But I think when we come in with Thanksgiving and it leads to praise, I think praise then is like, this is a true expression. Like this mm-hmm. is bubbled up in my heart coming out right now. And I'm clapping and I'm dancing and I'm shouting because I do feel it on yeah. the inside. And it's this overflow. And I think it's just a degree of, you know, the access that we have to his presence. Yeah. It's really easy. And we've both done youth ministry before. We've both done youth camp. We've both been to conferences. Yeah. I don't I don't think that just because you can get people to jump up and down means that real praise took place. Oh, 100%. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think sometimes we confuse energy with praise. Oh, yeah. And even as a worship leader, like logistically choosing songs, you know, you're like, uh, this, is a, this is a great song that will bring lots of energy to the room, but does it say anything? Sure. You know, is this going to touch any hearts? Right. And I think you can't really have worship without praise because it it's the two extremes of God, right? Mm-hmm. Where worship is really, it can be really intense and it can be really deep and mm-hmm. it can be really heavy um, because it's just all about just, you know, him and pursuing him and praise is the opposite. It's all about, well, it's not the opposite, but it's the joy of the sure. Lord is my strength. I you know, that. and it's sure. your, oper- it's, you have to have both. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just have intimacy without the thanksgiving. Right. You have to have both. Um, I see in uh, Nehemiah 8.10, you just said the joy of the Lord. You said the joy uh, of the Lord is, Lord is my strength. strength. Nehemiah 8.10, you go to Psalm 16.11, and it says, in his presence there is fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. So what if it's like worship that gets us into his presence, and then we begin to experience a great overflow of praise? Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. Once you get near him, then this joy comes mm-hmm. that you didn't maybe you didn't have on the other side of the gate or the other side of the court that you begin accessing these different degrees of the Lord's presence. Yeah. Based on like your heart's response, I guess. It's so cool, man. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's no. a little deep and a little abstract, but just <laughs> I like I just like thinking about it. It's cool. It's super cool. No, and I mean like 
as a worship leader, you think, okay, what's the what is the I'm given five songs, right? What's the what's the journey? What what part of the Lord are we going to be talking about today? Sure. In worship, what mm-hmm. part are we going to be adoring and giving reverence yeah. to? You know, and, and I see so, that sometimes for the Holy Spirit, like takes us a certain way of like, I want you to think about God this yeah. way today. Yeah, yeah sure. That's and, good. and if your leadership gives you what they're speaking on, you know, you can kind of tie that in sure. together too. But I just want to encourage worship leaders, don't use your first and your last song as throwaway songs, you know? Right, yeah. Be intentional with your your praise songs just as much as you are with your worship I think songs. that's great. It's easy to say, okay, well, nobody's going to be in the auditorium at this part of the service, so let's just do something and get people clapping and right, coming in yeah. you know, while they drop off their kids. Yeah. It's not about bringing energy into the room. 100%. It's about getting people to look at him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. And I think once you... If you can be mature about the way that you approach worship, then praise is not like I'm getting you to jump up and down, like you're jumping up and down because you've entered into true, true praise. Yeah. And so it's a mature expression of worship where you don't need, I don't need the lights to be a certain way. Mm-mm. I don't need them to sing a certain song for me. I don't need, you know, the worship leader to beg me to, to clap my hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no. It's it's a, it's a an overflow. It's like an ex- explosion of worship that is coming out of me and I, that is not through a, cheer, a cheerleader, somebody like trying yeah. to get me to do something. I mean, a lot of what you're talking about, a lot of the issues we have in modern church culture could be fixed if we had mature Christians and sure. mature followers of Christ and mature worshipers. You know, people that weren't going to get distracted if there's a wrong note or get that's distracted great. if a light goes off. Well, that's but, a great segue into the, the next thing I want to say. Before we move on that, I just want to make one more side note. Psalms yeah. 22 says he inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. So it's not like he's he's not going to come and inhabit like us clapping and singing and dancing because mm-hmm. it can it can all be empty. Yeah, you know 100%. if it's empty of the Holy Spirit, it's empty of His power. If it's not bringing Him glory, if it's about how it makes us feel and not how it about it makes Him feel, mm-hmm. then that's empty praise. But real praise, like He's going to come and He's going to live in that place. Yeah, I mean, and this just drills back to our main point of last time was it's the heart. It's yeah, all it's the, the heart, heart posture. It's yeah, all absolutely. the heart posture. I agree. Well, moving in that last point that you made about being distracted by whatever, um, I, how do you address <clears throat> um, maybe sometimes it's just from a lack of teaching, but how do you address like what do, because I'm not a worship leader. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm a you know, I'm, I'm one who is going to stand up and teach the word or you can't be everything, you know, I can't be everything, <laughs> but me as a, oh, but not even me, but just your normal church member, your church family who is not going to be on the stage with a microphone. What do they do in worship? Yeah. I mean, how, that, that's you know, how do they respond? How should they come in on a Sunday morning? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I think understanding why you do something is essential. Yeah, that's good. If you don't understand the why, then your heart can't really be into it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a lot of times, if you grow up in a, like a Christian culture, like like for example, part of my history was I grew up through a Christian school. Sure. And when I uh, I asked why ever, it wasn't because I was trying to learn; it's because I was questioning my authority. Right. Right. You know. Sure. <laughs> and, and that can be that can be detrimental. Understanding why is how you get vision. Mm-hmm. You know, I have sure. to have the vision of it. So the vision of why we raise our hands, why do we right. sing together? Why why do we get on our knees? Why do we pray? Even in your worship? life, it's not about what you do. Why do you do it? Yeah. Your motive. That's You've got to know. Yeah, go You've ahead. That's good. Why. Good thought. So um, why do we raise our hands? Um, one, I heard a pastor once talk about like, okay, imagine if you were a bank teller. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody came in with a gun and they said, I want all the money. Yeah. But the first response you do is hands up. Yeah, right? yeah. And what it is is a position of surrender. Yeah. Right. I, I'm not a threat. Sure. You know, and so I think whenever we lift our hands in worship, is we're saying, Lord, I, I'm not a threat to anyone. I lay you myself want to down. Go. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I surrender yep. to your will. Right. You know, um, why do we sing together? Because we're supposed to make a joyful noise to the Lord. There's Psalms 95, Ephesians 5:19, Psalms 105. Sing to Him, sing praise, tell of all His wonderful acts. There are so many verses in the Bible that requires us to sing. Right. You know, music moves the heart of the Lord. Um, why do we get on our knees? Because if royalty walked in the room, I mean, that's right. how you show yeah. reverence. Right. You know, that's how you show honor. And it just all drills back to your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it is, you know. That's good. Um, I think it's important that you don't ever say, well, like, who am I to worship? Like, I'm not talented. I can't be Yeah, worshiping. I think people have that thought a lot, too. It's like, I can't sing like Lucas on stage. Right. I can't sing like my worship leader at my church, yeah. so, like, I'm not going to sing. Well, and so that reminds me of, like, First Samuel 16, when David's being – when the brothers are being – um, brought before Samuel mm-hmm. to be anointed the next king, and he says, "No, not him, not him. The Lord has rejected him. Don't look at what the what the man looks at, mm-hmm. but the Lord looks at the heart." Right? You know. Mm-hmm. And so many times we're caught up on seeing what man looks at mm-hmm. instead of saying, "The Lord's looking at my heart." Right. We're saying, "I can't sing," or you know, "It's going to look weird if I raise my hands or if I yeah. kneel." You know. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like we make it about us. Us. Oh. Eesh. Well, and on the flip note, I've seen people do weird stuff in worship where it's like, dude, you're trying to draw attention to yeah, yourself, yeah. you know, and I'm not anti people, you know, if they're really praising God, but if it's like, if this is about us in any way, whether that's keeping us quiet or mm-hmm. that's making us scream, yeah, you know, not that I'm anti and, you know, extravagant expressions of worship, but if mm-hmm. it's ever about us, like that's, that's the self-centeredness that's like got the devil kicked out of heaven kind of stuff. You know 100%. what I mean? You know what I mean? And that I'm really serious about musicians even like yeah. i'm like hey don't take a solo there don't mm-hmm. i love blues music more than anybody sure. but i'm never gonna rip blues riffs you know whenever <laughs> we're doing worship because that's me i'm projecting right. myself instead of making this moment and cultivating this moment of reverence and honor mm-hmm. it's not about me right you know i think you get to a place of if you can come to a place of maturity where it's like the people singing around me don't bother me because i'm not worried about them i'm worried about him Mm-hmm. And then to get to a place of like, you know, it doesn't matter what people think even about me. I'm going to sing out. I'm going to praise. I'm going to whatever. And I, I think as believers, as worshipers, we said in the last episode, the Father's looking for worshipers. If we're going to worship him, we've got to, actually, like, we've got to come in ready to worship, whether, mm-hmm. you know, corporately, privately, or whatever. But you've got to sing. You've got to clap. You've got to do something that costs you something. Like it's yeah. a sacrifice of praise. And choosing to not be distracted by the people around you, I think is big for just your regular church attendee Mm -hmm. or church family or whatever is choose to focus on him and not how the people around you are worshiping. Does that make sense? No, a hundred percent. And, you know, for a lot of us, the idea of like singing out loud is probably horrifying because if, if you felt comfortable singing, you'd be on stage. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But the question then is, are you, which would you rather do? Stay in your comfort zone or say, God, this makes me uncomfortable, but I'm willing to do it for you. Mm-hmm. If this brings you honor and praise, this is what I'm willing to lay down right. for you. Absolutely. You know? For sure. And and then 
choosing to not be distracted by the people around you singing or the people around you dancing or the whatever. Like one thing I really want to do when I come in, just kind of my approach to worship is I don't want to worry about what songs are chosen. I don't want to worry Mm -hmm. about who's singing what, like who's my favorite. I think sometimes, you know, kind of a disadvantage that we have a little bit with social media and with YouTube and those kinds of things, while they're amazing tools and we can see other people worshiping, but we can easily go, well, there are no, they're no Brandon Lake or they're no Dante Bo or they're no, you know, they're no (laughs) Stephanie Gretzinger or whatever. It's like, yeah, there's one of those. Okay. Yeah, sure. But it's real easy to come in and go, well, they didn't do my favorite song or they, you know, or he's off key or the drummer messed up that, or, Mm -hmm. you know, the string broke on Brandon's guitar and Mm -hmm. now, you know, or a light blue in the middle of worship. Sure. We've, you got to know the, the, or the lady sitting, you know, three rows back, you know, can't carry a tune in a bucket. And I think the enemy uses those things to yeah. distract us from God. Cause he hates us to, he, the enemy hates us coming and worshiping him and coming 100%. and focusing on him. So yeah. if he can do anything that he can to distract us, he will. Yeah. And we've got to be mature where we just like focus is a choice. Being distracted is a choice. Yeah. And it's tough. It is. It's it can for be. sure tough, yeah. man. Uh, I mean, it, it's just something that you have to discipline yourself to do. For sure. Uh, it, it, I think it has to, it starts with your intention and in coming to church. Mm-hmm. Why are you coming? Yeah. You know, like if you're coming just because it's what you've always done. Right. Or to keep up appearances. Or to keep up appearances or because it's the right thing to do. Right. You're going to miss out. Right. You're missing out on what it really is. So, I mean, if you're in the coffee shop and the first two songs are already over, I mean, you're you're saying something. You're yeah. you're saying what you, you thought show was up, important. You know, twenty five minutes late every service. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 putting your value in. Something. Or, dude, it's even weird in the Christian business world, which is totally fine. We need Christians in business, but mm-hmm. like, d- church, your church family is not for you to come and like pray on and get mm-hmm. like, you know, that's, make money off of. Yeah. But sometimes I think we can look at churches that way too. Yeah, this is my circle of influence. Yeah, or whatever. and it can yeah. be real. We get our motives get twisted really easy. Like, hang on, we're here to worship Jesus yeah. together. Yeah, 100%. Um, another thing we touched on uh, last week, Lucas, was the difference in secret place and corporate worship. Mm-hmm. And, and one point I want to make here again is, like, if you will worship in secret, the corporate will be much more powerful. Oh, 100%. If, if the, because I think in the secret place is where we fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. And if you're in love with him and you're worshiping with other believers, you know, we've both been in rooms where it's like you can tell. Everybody here wants to be here. Yep. Everybody here wants to worship Jesus. Yeah. Nobody here is looking at their clock. Nobody uh-huh. here is thinking, can we move on to the next song? Yeah, sure. When you've got a group of mature believers like that, you, God is going to take that group somewhere in worship mm-hmm. that where as if you're kind of mixed, you know, 50-50 want to be here or don't mm-hmm. like the song or, you know, isn't focused or or have other things on their mind. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to go somewhere corporately together. A hundred percent. It starts, worship is not this like magic formula yeah. that the band puts together in the rehearsal time. <laughs> right. right. Like, so we, yeah, just like you were saying, you go to conferences where, you know, two people from this church or five people from this church, or this one's got 15, but they're yeah. a sold out group of sure. that church. You know, many are called, but f- few are chosen. Yeah. It's all of the few getting together. That's when the worship's amazing. It's not because Jesus culture's headlining. Yeah. It's because the believers, the body of Christ, are so filled in their quiet time good. that when they come together corporately it's and good. they stand together in worship, great. the Holy Spirit just comes like a flood, man. Right. That's what Where it two is. or three are gathered 100%. in my name. Not yeah. just gathered, but they're gathered completely that's 100% it. in me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to do anything they want. 100%. That's crazy. That's, that's what so it cool. is. <laughs> um, 
Okay, moving on just from a, you know, a couple things for a worship leader standpoint. Um, and then maybe even you, maybe we can tie this in with advice for young leader, young worship leaders too. But like, how do you balance between like, you want to be excellent, but you don't want to be a performer because you're worshiping. Mm, yeah. But also like, how can you help young leaders in that thought process? So, yeah, that's a really good. Uh, so I actually kind of talked with someone recently that views this completely different than me. So sure. Um, they, they were telling me that um, I, I love to be prepared. You know, I th- absolutely. I never. I don't think that the worship leader, the leader of the band, has to be the best musician, but I think they have to be the most prepared musician in the band. Sure. Um, and I spoke to somebody, and they're like, "Well, that's great, but I I don't get my set together until Sunday morning, and that's when the sure. band gets it." Because they, the heart was, I don't want to be a hindrance to the Holy Spirit. I want to be moved okay. by the Holy Spirit. Fine. Sure. That's great. Not how I run things, but yeah. that's fine. And if that works for you, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. How I this is how I view it. I spend time with the Holy Spirit throughout the week, right? Every day, so I don't feel like He's going to speak to me more on one day than the other. Mm-hmm. We have our time together, and so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just walking in. I'm w- living my life walking in tandem with Him. Right, That's you know great. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I will spend um, all of my prep time, the 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 um, time leading up to service. That is the time I'm chasing excellence. Mm-hmm. It's not when I'm on stage. When I'm on stage. If I've prepared and I feel comfortable and I know what we're going to do at what parts and I know my guitar parts, whenever I get up, I can only focus at that point on leading people and worshiping Jesus. Yeah. I don't have to think about the drums. I don't have to think about leading the That's band great. Yeah. because I've already put in that practice yeah. and that time. I can say the same thing for preaching, man. Yeah. If the more time that I spend in prayer, the more time that I spend in study – I have a sermon ready to go. It's surrender to the Lord. The more I know that word, the more I've meditated on that word, the more that I feel like I can listen to the Holy Spirit 100%, in yeah. the in the moment that I'm actually preaching it mm-hmm. rather than just trying to get up there and listen to him. I'm not saying that there's not places that that can't be done. Where sure, it's like, okay, yeah. today we're going to spontaneously talk about whatever. Or today we're going to, you know, we've got some skilled musicians. We're going to spontaneously do worship. But I... I see the more time I spend in prayer and the more time I spend meditating and studying a subject, and as long as I keep it surrendered to the Lord, when I'm on stage, I know that sermon inside and out. Yeah, I've got more leeway for spontaneous. Yes, I can hear the Lord more because I'm not trying to do it out of my, I guess my own strength per se. Yeah, I'm trying to definitely. I don't know. That's that's kind of what I feel like is if I'm if I put off practicing or preparing then. I'm the one that's going to make all this happen. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not saying that there aren't times or places. Like if we have worship night or if we have, you know, we have a college group or right. whatever, then I know that's a lot more free and spontaneous sure. and less structured. So I'm not going to, pre- I'm going to prepare differently. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm still going to prepare, but right. differently. So yeah, I feel like once, and also I'd like to say that if the Lord speaks to me and on Saturday he says, hey, you need to do this song, mm-hmm. we're changing that song. Sure. We're doing it. Right. You know what I mean? I am listening to the Holy Spirit right. first and foremost, but I just see in Scripture time and time again where we are given things and we're called to grow those things, mm-hmm. like the parable of the talents. Right. You know, we were given something. The one that didn't do anything with right. it is the one that was cursed. Yeah. So I feel like as a good servant, right. I want to take what I was given, grow it, What's, and prepare yeah. and present it. God rewards saying? preparation. He yeah. rewards excellence. He rewards those who you know who work on those things sure. and who do those things. 
So I think it's good to always like to have a plan, but keep that plan surrendered to the Lord. So maybe you bring in a five set song list, but you only do three of them. That's okay. I've preached sermons before where I had five points and I only did two of them because the Lord was like, I want to focus on this today. Yeah. But it, but it, I, I went above and beyond the preparation and the prayer. And, you know, I, I really, I really do believe that he rewards those things. Well, and, and you just see in scripture so many times people that he used, mm-hmm. he called them to do something. Yeah. He didn't say, okay, hey, Moses, um, just sit back and I'll handle this for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He called him to do something. We co-labor with him. Yeah. yeah. For sure. We work with him. We do something that's like, well, we, I don't see how this is going to work out, right. God. And then he makes a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's it. That's good. I love yeah. that. Well, so in thinking the same vein, what what's some advice maybe you would give to like a new worship leader or young leaders? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I would definitely say is you need to prepare your heart just as much, if not more than you prepare your set. Yes. Amen. Prepare your, you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. Young speakers, I, same thing I tell you. You, as much as you study for a sermon, you also need to pray. Hundred percent. It's got to be. If you don't have prayer, you're, it's like you're standing on one leg. Yeah. So yeah, I I hundred percent echo what what Lucas just said. You cannot give what you don't have. Yep. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's that's just what that boils down to. So and for and I feel like as a you know I wanted to be a worship leader before I was, and I did. I just saw the Sunday morning mm-hmm. stage time, and that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, full disclosure. Sure. And then when I got the job, I was like, whoa, hold on, what's all this? Yeah. You know, so it's constantly pouring into yourself. Right. Because if you're burnt out, you're, you're not going to lead well. Right. You know, you just can't. Yeah, I tell, I tell our young leaders, you chase the secret place more than the platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, it, God promotes things done in secret. He promotes faithfulness in the secret place. Matthew 6, verses 1 through whatever. He giving in secret, praying in secret, fasting in secret. And it says the Father rewards those things done in private. Mm-hmm. And if, he'll, if you'll go after him in the private, he'll honor you in the public. Yeah. And I think young leaders need to understand, like, man, stop chasing a microphone. Let yeah. you chase him and let God promote who he wants. Sure. Oh, that's so good. And that's hard to, that's hard to understand when you're younger, for sure. I think another thing that we we kind of talked about was, you know, your, the, the congregation's got to be mature and they've got to sure. be pouring into themselves spiritually yeah. and have worship on, on an intimate time by themselves. So one thing I would say to an, a young leader is don't base how you did leading yes. on the amount of hands that were raised. Amen. For sure. Because that's not about, there's, there is no note that I can hit that will convict people. Right. I can't convict anyone. I can't bring conviction to the Holy Spirit. I can't, I can't do anything. Hmm. My job is to prepare. And then whenever we're executing to get out of the way, that's it. You know, it's great. And I'll, I'll, on the other side of that, people who are not on stage worship and listen to the worship leader. Like if the worship leader says, clap your hands, clap your hands. (laughs) (laughs) If the worship leader says, give a shout of praise, shout. If he says, lift your hands, because the worship leader has been put there by God and you've got to trust that they are listening to the Holy Spirit and what Holy Spirit wants to do in that moment. And so, you know, if he's listening, if she's listening and she says, get down on your knees or raise your hands, like you, you trust and you go along with that. So like people in the audience, Listen to the worship leader. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hey, that's revolutionary. And have grace for the leader. That's revolutionary. Yeah, you know, every leader's going to miss it. Everybody's yeah, going to say sure. the wrong thing or whatever. Have grace for him. Uh, I got two more pieces of advice. Go ahead. I think. No, the one thing that's huge. Okay, I see a 
power struggle throughout churches everywhere between the lead pastor and the worship leader Mm -hmm. because they're both like the the one right in front of the group yeah so what i will say to worship leaders is if you are where god's called you to be and the vision is something that you're down with for that ministry submit to your authority yeah for sure it's not your circus right i know it feels like that (laughs) but it's not your circus that's good that's (laughs) great and the last thing I would say is don't try and emulate popular worship leaders, yes. but strive to be who God has called you to yeah. be. Yeah, be authentic. Be authentic. That's don't great. don't try and be Corey Asbury. Yeah, there's don't only one be, of him. There's only yeah. one of him. Don't try and be Brandon Lake or Stephanie Gretzinger. Yeah. Be who be you. God's called you to That's be. That's great. Not that you can't do their songs. No, but, yeah, 100%. But because uh, those songs are really anointed. And but, not that you can't like them and sure. be like, oh my gosh, I want to be, you know, I want to mm. do what they're doing. Sure. But don't mold yourself to be right who you're not supposed to be amen it's like when saul tried to give david his armor mm-hmm. it didn't fit it wasn't for him yeah you need to you need to wear your armor that's it and i will say side note of that it's not that the armor was too big for david it's that he wasn't used to them wow. and i believe that david was so called by god that it, he could have fought goliath in saul's armor and still won but wow. then he would have spent the rest of his life leading like saul yeah. You're wow. not called to lead like somebody else. Lead no. like God has called you to lead. That's so good. That's really good. That's okay. So good, we got about four minutes here. This goes by fast. We're going to rapid fire some fun stuff to end with. Okay. Uh, real quick, Lucas, uh, uh, pros and cons that you see in the worship movement oh, okay. right now across the world. Uh, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Not okay. that we want to be critical, but. No, for sure. Um, I love how accessible worship music is nowadays. For sure. Um, it's Spotify, YouTube, all yeah. I mean, you can you can get great great songs that are applicable for your specific church, just like at the yeah. click of a button. Um, and I, I another pro is I really like some people some places that are coming to popular to be popular is Upper Room in Maverick City. Yeah, you know where it's not as structured, right. but it, it's more um, flowy and kind yeah. of you know holy spirit based yeah you know really prophetic too spontaneous yeah yeah it's great um one of some of the cons uh let's see um when it comes to being a worship leader there's a struggle about not making it about you with how popular contemporary worship music has become it's a bit easy uh for that to be a pitfall for this new generation of worship leaders they want to be the one on youtube or instagram or whatever um if we're not careful, we can worship the act of worship itself. Yeah. You know? That's one of the things I was going to say, too. The greatest danger in worship is worship itself. Mm, greatest, so The greatest danger to your ministry is your ministry. Yeah. That's so true. And, and the last thing is, I, I, this is something that's kind of a danger to young leaders specifically. I think we talked about Joseph a little bit in the last Yeah, we did. Podcast. Okay. Well, so, um, we, so I see that some young people can see Maverick City or see an upper room or anywhere that's really Holy Spirit based Mm -hmm. and they want to bring that in and they're really eager to bring that into their congregation. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so Joseph was spoken to and given visions by God, but the crowd that he told was not ready to hear that yet. That's great. You know? Yeah. So don't be too eager, even if it's good intentions, to make a sudden drastic move. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there well, there comes discernment with maturity. So good, and it's important that you have both of those. You Amen. have to have maturity and discernment, and you also have to have that willingness to listen to the Holy Amen. Spirit. And don't go to the secret place to get a song to sing to your congregation. You know what I mean? 
it's it's sometimes God tells us things in secret and we like prostitute them. Yeah. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that song was just meant for you and him. You and him. Or yeah. that sermon or that word that he gave you That's was so for good. you and not for everybody else. So keep some things secret. That's so good, man. Um one thing I want to say about the don't worship worship. Yeah. Is cause Exodus thirty two, Aaron makes the golden calf. Mm-hmm. They call the golden calf Jehovah. Oh wow. Aaron says, if you look at the the um Hebrew word he uses there, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. And they were worshiping this graven image that they had made as if it was God and it was not God. And I think it's easy sometimes to fall into this pitfall where we worship these movements. We worship mm-hmm. the upper room worship movement or yeah. the Maverick City worship, or the Bethel or the Elevation. elevation. Yeah. You know, we, we fall in love with that style so much that we like put it on a pedestal and we like want to come to get our mind blown or to get in our feels or yeah. whatever. And it's, it very quickly can become about the, the movement and not the mover, the mm-hmm. not him. So yeah, yeah, definitely. One pro that I see is man, the unity among the movements right now. I oh, feel like you yeah. see all of them working together 100%. and singing together. And I think that's a really powerful thing. I saw Brandon Lake on like three different things. He was yeah. in Mav City, Bethel, Elevation. Elevation, and then cut an album of his own. Come on. And I see like I see these guys kind of going all over with each other, and I think that's an incredible thing. I mm-hmm. think that is bodies of Christ getting together and worshiping the Lord and saying we're not separate churches. Yeah, you know we're the same so body cool. of Christ, and there's something powerful in that. 100%. I really agree. So I think 100%. that's awesome. Um, okay, last thing, and then we'll be done. Is uh right now fave worship song? Oh, uh, um. <laughs> just some fun, real quick favorite worship song i love the writing and this is kind of an old song but i'll the i don't think i've ever heard a song more beautifully written is future past by john martin no it's so good yeah love it Um, a little bit older a few years older. it is older but it's just the songwriting is just so deep sure you know it's really good just like future past john margaret millen that's really good yeah. yeah listen to that one for sure okay fave uh worship leader right now Brandon Lake, easy. Yeah, stud. No problem. He's yeah. a stud. Shout out, Brandon Lake. Yeah. We, you know you need our clout. <laughs> <laughs> you need us. Uh, favorite worship movement in general? Just uh, like church worship team or whatever. Maverick City. Maverick City right now? Maverick Sweet. City music. I, so, and, and, I, so part of the reason I like all of these people is for the same reason, is that I think that true worship should offend the religious spirit. Amen. Yeah. So like if man, you, we didn't even get into that. We, we could do a whole deal on that too. So like Brandon, part three coming soon. <laughs> Brandon Lake, dude. I don't know how many churches, especially in the South, that he'd be like allowed to. Worship. He's a wild he, man. He's yeah. got you know John long hair and <laughs> tattoos. And yeah. Maverick City, they're just kind of all over the place yeah. with spontaneous yeah. and stuff. And if it offends the religious spirit, yeah. I think that's a good thing. They're onto something. We need to make sure that we don't confuse offense with conviction. Yeah, sure. So if ever something like that, you see, oh, they shouldn't be leading worship. If you saw what they did last, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. If, you, you know, they shouldn't be doing this song. If you knew about the group, right. if you're ever offended, you need to ask, is this right? Yeah. Or is this conviction? Yeah. Come on. Dude, part three coming soon. Because we talk, <laughs> I'm thinking about David dancing and his, yeah. his clothes falling off and his wife mm-hmm. getting mad. I'm thinking about the prostitute that come in Simon's house. Like yep. I'm thinking about all these things, right? Mary pouring out the, the perf or the, the alabaster jar and offending mm-hmm. the disciples. Like, wow. Okay. And part three is going to have to take place soon. Um, <laughs> but we got to be done. We're over time. My, okay. I'll give you my, my favorite songs yeah. right now, Lucas. Yeah. 
Remember by Upper Room. Okay. First time I saw it was Dante Bow and, and Abby Gamboa, I think that was her name. So, yeah, they're both so uh, good. Abby from Upper Room. Mm-hmm. She's my favorite worship leader right now. She's so passionate. Yeah. She's not the most talented person in the world, but, dude, she is anointed like crazy. Sorry about but, that, Abby, if you're listening. I, I love – but I love it. Like, I love her passion. I yeah. love just – but she does remember with Dante Bow, and it's incredible. And then she's also on the new Mav City Upper Room album called – she does one called Getting Ready. With a with another worship leader, I think Naomi Rain from, mm. and it's so good. So, anyway, those are mine right now. But That's we good. we gotta have another one coming yeah, soon, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, we're way past our time, guys. So we love you so much. We're praying for you. Uh, hope you got something out of uh, this second part uh, talking about worship. Think on these things, Josh Barnett. Tune in next week. Love you guys. Have a great day.